So let's talk about the magisterium. The Catholic, official Catholic hierarchy always talks about the magisterium as the teaching authority or the body of authoritative teachings. Okay, here we are. So what is the magisterium? It's come from the Latin word magister or head or president of a body. It can also mean instruction or instructor. Okay? So when the Catholic Church uses the word magisterium, it's referring to the church's teaching authority or to the body of authoritative teachings handed down by the Catholic Church through the generations, which include tradition and all the, uh, the, uh, no, the decrees of the councils, the church councils throughout history, the papal decrees and dogmas that have been, uh, uh, you call that, uh, enacted into dogma by the, by the popes in the past. So all of that entire body of teachings, which is more than just a Bible, <laughs> a Bible is just a very small part of that body of teaching, okay, is the magisterium. Okay? So when used to refer to a, to a, a body of people, it's, re, it's referring to the teaching authority. If it's referring to teaching, is the entirety of the authority handed down by the Catholic Church to the generations, of which the Bible is only a small part. Okay? Because these are all the decisions of the councils in the past, the, the uh, teachings of the Church Fathers, Apostolic and Ecclesiastical Fathers, all the papal decrees, all the papal dogmas that have been handed down, all of that is the magisterium. Okay? Napakalawak po niyan. Okay? So, what is apostolic succession? Apostolic succession refers to teaching authority passed on from the apostles through the succession of bishops throughout church history in an unbroken, that's what they claim, line of consecration, that means ordination, okay, uh, the pastoral function, through the line of ordained bishops for the spiritual care of the churches and the preservation of the purity of divine revelation from Christ and the apostles against heresies. Now, that last, those two words are the key to understanding why the church develops such a hierarchy. Okay? The hierarchy was developed for the purpose of protecting the church against heresies. There has to be somebody who will tell all the churches, this is the correct one that is wrong. They need somebody to tell them that. An authority. That is the magisterium. Okay? So, because in the... In the First, in the latter part of the first century, you'll see that already in the epistles of Paul, for example, Timothy, he warns him against the falsely called Gnosis, where you get the early form of Gnosticism already creeping into the churches in the time of the apostles. And Paul warns him, Timothy, about that, guard the sacred deposit, entrust only to faithful men, because many heresies are going around, okay? So not all believers are expected to preach the gospel in the first century, because they never saw that the Great Commission is applicable to every believer. Because that is a very dangerous thing. Okay? So they wanted to be sure that the preaching of the gospel is only done by those authorized by the apostles in order to protect the church from heresies and distortions of the gospel. Because much of the teachings are in oral form at the time. Oral form, which can be twisted without the reference to the actual teachings of the apostles. So when they were written down, you have now a, a means of checking. These are the words of the apostle, written down. Check mo kung false hindi. Eh, during that time, di ba kung the New Testament eh? They're very strict si Pablo. Only those reliable men 
who will receive this deposit I'm giving to you from Christ, to you, Timothy, and trust them to faithful men who will be qualified to this honor. Not all. Only those qualified. Nobody can preach the gospel except those qualified. That is where the church is. See, there is a succession there. Coming from the apostles. Who were the ones authorized by the apostles to teach the truth of Christ? Who were the ones given by the apostles the right to preach the gospel? Only those or so ordained by the apostles. Okay? So again, Second Timothy chapter 2, verse um, 2 to 3. Again, the context is heresies. To protect the church against heresies, you need to authorize certain people who have been deemed qualified to preach the gospel in its purity. Not everyone can preach the gospel in the early church. Not everyone. Okay? And these things you have heard me say in the presence of... Now, I want you to... Why is Paul saying this? Because there were no complete final written scriptures yet. Everything, this was still in the oral tradition. Although by the time Paul wrote Second Timothy, the Gospel of Luke and Mark were already circulating. Okay? And of course, the other writings of Paul before this, because Second Timothy is the last letter he wrote. So the other letters he wrote have been circulating among the churches. Pero, there was no uh, decision yet of the apostolic churches. Apostolic churches means churches started by the apostles. That's what you call apostolic churches. Okay? They were pioneered, planted by the apostles themselves, like Paul, among the Gentiles. Okay? The apostolic church at that time had not yet come to a decision as to what comprised the final rule of faith or canon among the writings of Paul. It was just circulating. Okay? So during that time, much of the teachings of the, God, the Christ were in the oral form. And because it was oral, how do you ensure that the person gets it right? So how do you ensure that this, because everything is oral, how can you ensure that the other person will get the right teaching from the source, the apostle, in the presence of many witnesses? That means you're not the only one who heard it. Others heard what I said. And because everybody heard what they said, they will confirm whether what you understand is the right one or not. Because nothing has been, there was no final written uh, gospels yet that is recognized by the whole church at that time. They were just circulating. Okay? So, in the, what I have, you heard me say in the press of that, you can check with them if you got it right. Why? Because Paul recognizes that the transmission the oral transmission of the gospel is a very risky matter. He recognizes that. Risky talaga pag oral. Ang dami ng false teaching kumakalat in this time eh. An early form of Gnosticism was creeping the church, alarming both Paul and John, who wrote the first epistle of John to combat the false teachings of the early Gnostics. Claiming that Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh kasi it was just a phantom body because how can spirit which is pure have a body which is evil? Okay? See, it was the infiltration of Platonic dualism into the Christian teaching. And nakaroon ng false teaching. You understand that? So anyway, so he's saying, what you heard me say in the press, that means, Timothy, I want you to be absolutely sure that what you're going to teach is exact truth, the deposit I've given to you, nothing added, nothing subtracted. To be sure, what you heard me say, maybe so you can confer with them, is that exactly what I said? Because you have to be accurate. 
So let me ask you the question. Do you think Paul believes that the Great Commission is for every believer? Do you think Paul believes that the, the, the Great Commission is meant to be done by every believer? In Corinthians it says, Woe unto me if I don't preach the gospel because I'm called to be the apostle. But he didn't say, Woe unto you Corinthians if you don't preach the gospel. He will never say that. Napakadelikado kung sasabihin niya yun. Because the early church was struck by false teachings left and right, distorting the gospel of Christ. As he said, nobody can preach the gospel unless authorized. Only authorized ones. And the Catholic Church says, Catholic Church says, you see, exactly. <laughs> Kayo, were you authorized by the apostles? Makita nyo? Ang, da ang dami nyo! You even divided among yourselves. We are one monolithic church. Kanya-kanya kay interpretasyon. Kasi where is your authority to teach and to interpret the scripture? Even among you, you're fighting among yourselves. So why should we believe in you? You're even inconsistent with one another. Where is your authority to interpret the Bible? We were ordained from a succession of ordinations from the apostles themselves. And the authority of the apostles passes on through us to this day as the teaching authority or the magisterium. Because we've been entrusted by that sacred responsibility to protect the purity of the gospel. And you, Protestants, you have twisted the gospel. That's why you're all scattered. You're all divided. Okay? May point ba sila? May point ba sila? Do they have a point? A valid point? Yeah, so how do you do with that? <laughs> okay? So do you have teaching authority to preserve the purity of the gospel against false teachings? It may even come from you because you don't have the authority. Who ordained you? And can you say that ordination comes from the apostles themselves? In an unbroken succession of ordinations. So you know you have been given the authority to teach the gospel. So obviously the Catholic Church doesn't believe that the Great Commission belongs to every believer. And rightly so. Kundi, kaliwa kanan ng mga false teachers sa loob ng mga churches, sila kanya-kanyang gospel. Kasi lahat dapat mag-preach eh. Kanong kundi tama ay na-preach. <laughs> okay, so so do you agree with the Catholic Church that the teaching authority is passed on by the ordination and the laying of hands? Bakit pa tayo may ordination among evangelicals kung importante ordination? What is the purpose of ordination even among evangelicals? Is the passing on of authority to teach. That's why if you cannot be ordained until you pass the interview examination. And the, the, the people there will question you on every major point of doctrine to ensure that you will preserve the purity of the gospel and not introduce another heresy in the church before you're ordained. So, sino ordained dito? Yan. Sino hindi ordained? Where is your authority to teach the gospel? <laughs> 
Pero yung mga ordain, can you trace your ordination back to the apostles? Like we, the Catholic Church, we can show you a list of succession from the apostles themselves. Okay? So, akala nyo, hindi matalino mga katoliko, ha? <laughs> okay, let's take a look at the, the voices of the authorities in the church. Archbishop of Canterbury, Michael Ramsey, described three meanings of apostolic accession. Number one, one bishop succeeding another in the same city, that may same parish, okay, meant that there was continuity of teaching. While the church as a whole is the vessel into which the truth is poured, the bishops are an important organ in carrying out this task. The purpose of the succession is to ensure the purity of the transmission of the teaching of the gospel from one generation to another. In other words, it's based on Paul's words in 2 Timothy 2, entrust to reliable men who will be qualified to teach others. That has been the most important teaching of Paul in the process of trans bringing the gospel from generation to protect its purity from heresies. Now do you understand why Paul had to be very careful? about qualifying who preaches the gospel? He has a very, very valid concern. Okay? So, it means that, I want you to know now, this continuity of teaching. Now, I want you to mark that. It's very important. Okay? So, this is coming from an Catholic Archbishop. Huh? I want you to mark continuity. Ang concern is the continuity of the teaching, the pure gospel, from Christ to the apostles, down to our generation. How do you preserve the purity of the gospel. Okay? So number two, the bishops were also successors of the apostles in that the functions they perform of preaching, governing, and ordaining were the same as the apostles had performed. Okay? And we said that there had been a succession from Paul to Timothy, Timothy, next, 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 next generations. And they can trace them back to the apostles. Okay? For their authority to teach. It is also used to signify, ito na, medyo, this is where we're going to be interacting, no? That grace is transmitted from the apostles by each generation of bishops through the imposition of hands. So, the transfers the grace, which means the uh, supernatural ability to protect the truth of the gospel. To protect the truth and preserve the truth of the gospel. That's the grace given. Only to those who are ordained. Pag di ka ordained, wala kang grace na ganun. Kasi that grace is only transferred by ordination. Tama? Kung mali yun, eh bakit yung mga ordained lang ang binibigyan natin ng pinakamataas na respeto? Kung hindi totoo yan. That we have the assurance that they know the truth and they will always protect the truth, right? Kaya nga sila na-ordained eh. Kasi napatunayan, Tama ang kanilang doktrina. At kaya nila ipagtanggol ang tamang, ang katotohanan ng Ebanghelyo. That's why they were ordained. They are qualified to teach others also. Right? So may point sila, di ba? So is there special grace transmitted through the ordination? And there's the grace to preserve the truth? There's a grace coming from the Holy Spirit? Okay? Let's continue. He has that this last has been controversial. Yan. <laughs> in that it has been claimed that this aspect of the doctrine is not found 
before the time of Augustus of Hippo, the Saint Augustine is the greatest doc theological doctor of the early church. In fact, his writings are very evangelical. Very evangelical, okay? He does not agree with the Immaculate Conception. He does not agree with a lot of things the Catholic Church teaches today. He's very evangelical. It's not found before the time. Kaya ito ang reference point ni Bishop Ram, Archbishop Ramsey kasi Augustine is considered to be one of the towering theologians of the early church. Before him, walang ganitong teaching na minata transfer na grace from you know one person there to the imposition of hands, no? Okay? While others allege that it is implicit, although not directly mentioned, I mean, implicit means uh, guess. Uh, malamang nandun. <laughs> although walang evidence. Okay? Implicit in the church of the second letter because Augustine is 4th century. St. Augustine is 4th century. Implicit in the church in the second and third centuries, the doctrine was formulated in the second century in the first of the three centuries given by Ramsey. Okay, yung una, let's going back. Ito yung alam nila nanggaling sa earliest generation. Itong teaching na ito. The focus is continuity of teaching, not continuity of teaching authority. You got that? So what was emphasized in the early stage of the church was the continuity of the teaching. Later on, it changed the continuity of the teaching authority. Okay? And that started here in number three. Because grace is transmitted by the apostles' generation, separate. sila lang ang make power and authority to teach. So now that what is transmitted is what is being preserved. It's not just the continue the teaching, but the continuity of the authority to teach the truth. This, according to scholar, Catholic scholars, was not present. This one was not present in the years, in the centuries before Augustine. That means it was a later development of ideas. Okay? Kasi yung una, sabi rito, the doctrine was formulated in the second century in the first, I think first, the transmission of, for the purpose of continuity of teaching. Yung mahalaga yung teaching, hindi yung authority to teach. But the teaching itself. You see the difference between the two? What is being ensured by the ordination is the continuity of the teaching, the true gospel, not the continuity of the authority to teach. It's the teaching that's most important. The purity of the teaching must be continued. Okay? So, originally as a response to Gnostic claims of having received secret teaching from Christ or the apostles, because the Gnostic teachers say, oh, we have received direct revelation from Christ. Uh -huh. How can you prove that? Example, if I'm a Gnostic, I'm here. Brother, you must listen to me because I receive a direct revelation from Christ that this is the truth about Christ. So, what does it mean? Where is your authority? From the Holy Spirit. From Jesus who revealed this to me. So, how do you, how do you respond to me? Who ordained you? God! Jesus! Anong sasabihin niyo ngayon? Do I need evidence? The teaching itself is the evidence. Kung Catholic Church ang harap niya, ito sasabihin niya, Hoy, sinong successor ng apostol ang nag-ordain sa'yo? 
A ver, to teach. Yan ang sabi ng Catholic Church sa kanya. You see, this is how the Catholic Church protected the purity of the gospel. The intention is, is great. That's why they restricted the teaching and the preaching function only to those ordained. In order to protect the truth from distortions. Reliable men who are qualified to teach others also. That's the succession of ordination. Do they have a good reason? That the succession of ordination is important to the preservation of truth. If you're not ordained, then you are questionable. Where did you get your truth? God, anyone can claim him. God spoke to them. But what evidence do you have? Unless you have been ordained by somebody who recognized that the truth has been given to you from one generation to another. So, sino pa hindi ordained dyan? Yes. Yes, exactly. Before, they did not have yet, during the apostle, hindi pa kompleto ang New Testament, right? Kaya everything is oral, that's why reliable men who are qualified to teach others. But now we have the scripture, everybody can study, we have Bible college school, so we qualify them to teach the gospel. Okay? But the culture said, no, it's not enough. Education now, you must have the authority directly from the apostles. Now, that is something new that was invented after the 4th century. Because according to Archbishop Ramsey, that idea of transmission of the teaching authority was not present in the 2nd and 3rd century. Are you still here? Okay? What was emphasized during time was the continuity of the teaching, to preserve the continuity of the teaching. But the authority was not the focus. That's it. Okay? So this is what they say. They nag-claim sila, oh, we receive from Christ, from Christ directly. It emphasized the public manner in which the apostles had passed on authentic teaching to those who they trusted with the care of the church they founded, and this in turn had passed it on to their successors. Kami may evidence, because I was laid, hand, laid on, ordained by this person who came, who was in direct succession from the apostles. And we have the, because we received the deposit of the gospel, we know the gospel. In purity, then we are the ones authorized to preach the gospel, to preserve its purity, because we were ordained, tested and ordained, qualified to do the job. Are you qualified? Okay? That's how they protected the purity of the gospel. You see, the focus is passing on authentic teaching. That was the concern. Okay? Now, let's go on. So they believe that apostolic succession is important? Uh, apostolic succession is important? Ordination is important? So you better get ordained. <laughs> so that they people will know that you passed the test. Okay, the doctrinal test. Okay. Okay, here it is. This is now the official teaching of the Catholic Church. But the task of authentically interpreting, ayana, okay? authentically and correctly interpreting the word of God whether written or handed on in oral tradition has been entrusted exclusively to the living teaching office of the church whose authority is exercised in the name of Jesus Christ and this is where we differ from them okay this teaching office which is the magisterium 
is not above the Word of God. Of course, we are not. Try to lord it over the Bible na parang, kung wala kami, yung Bible, walang halaga. No? Taga-interpret lang kami. Okay? Sabi niya, But it serves teaching only what has been handed down, listening to it devoutly, guarding it scrupulously, and explaining it faithfully in accord with the divine commission. Ayan na, ayan na, yung special grace transmitted by ordination. Divine commission, and with the help of the Holy Spirit, it draws from this one deposit of faith. Ano one deposit? Written and oral. Oral tradition, okay? That one deposit of faith, everything which it presents for belief as divinely revealed, which is oral tradition and the scriptures. So what is the point? Sinasabi dito, ng official teaching of the church, the, the authority to interpret the sacred scriptures and sacred tradition is passed on only through the office, as an office, teaching office, of those who have been ordained, and therefore, grace is given to them, yun sinasabi niyang, divine commission and the devil of spirit, to preserve the purity of the truths of Christ, both in the oral tradition and in the written tradition. So dito, mas mahalaga yung posisyon ng tao. Okay? Mahalaga yung posisyon. Okay? Kasi the teaching office is exercised in the name of Jesus Christ and the interpretation is entrusted exclusively not to anybody else, but only to the living teaching office of the church that is handed down by the laying of us ordination through which the gift of the charism of truth is passed on from generation to generation. So how can we be sure you have the gift of truth to correctly interpret the Bible? Where did you get that gift of truth that is passed on through the laying of hands. Are they biblical in that? Paul talks about the ordination of Timothy, right? Finding the flame that is in you, the teaching gift, that, I, that has been given to you through the laying of my hands. So parang may gift na lumipat kay Timothy from Paul, which is the teaching gift. Okay, I want to show you that. Okay? I, I told you, I'm going to convince you to be Catholics first, okay? That's my objective. And then we will correct it, okay? So, let's take a look at the scripture. Uh, and here, Paul seems to, be, to agree with this, okay? Are you ready? So, in the laying down hands of Paul towards Timothy, there seems to be a transfer of grace. As the Catholic Church teaches, a transfer of grace, which is a, to preserve the purity of the gospel. Ito yung sabi niya. 2 Timothy 1.6 Fan into flame the gift of God. And we know the gift of Timothy is the gift of teaching. Okay? The gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So, ibig sabihin, Timothy received the gift of teaching from Paul because he was also gifted with teaching and the gift was transferred to the laying of hands. So the Catholic Church is correct. We need that special grace, the gift of teaching to preserve the purity of the church and is passed on through the laying of hands from generation to generation. Do you have that succession? For you to claim you have that gift, that charism or charisma. Ano mong sasabi nyo dyan? That agrees, seems to agree with what the Catholic Church teaches. So it is saying that 
There's a gift that transferred from Paul to Timothy upon the laying of the hands, which is the gift of teaching. So when our nation is taking place, it's a transfer of grace in order to preserve the purity of the gospel through the genuine gift of teaching. Kaya hindi ito magiging false teacher kasi may genuine gift of teaching talaga siya. Yun yung pinipreserve through the ordination. So this supports the Catholic's view. Mas biblical pa pala Catholic. Patahimik kayo lahat. Can you imagine? So, Paul is saying there's a transfer of grace. The charisma of the gift of teaching from Paul to Timothy through, that is in you, why? Through the laying of my hands. So, meron pa lang tinatransfer yung laying of hands. The grace. And that's what the Catholic teaches. See, you have to have that grace to have the teaching authority. Hindi lahat ng pastor gifted teachers. Amen? At meron mga hindi gifted teachers ng giging false teacher, di ba? Kasi they don't have the gift of teaching. Hindi, tama. Tama yung Catholic Church. Yun ang dapat yung nasalina ng gift of teaching. Yun ang may dapat magturo to preserve the purity of the gospel. Kaya, kaya mo kayo sabihin nila, ay, kaya mo, away-away kayo. Lahat kayo nakiklaim na kayo lang katotohanan. Tapos nag-away-away kayo sa doktrina. Kami, isa lang kami. Kasi isa lang sinusodo namin sa session. And we preserve the truth in the church. I don't know about you. Oh, balik na tayo sa Catholic Church? Para sigurado sa katotohanan tayo. Kasi may apostolic succession eh. Where the grace of teaching is transferred from generation to generation. That will keep you from false teaching. Kasi gift of God yan eh. Spiritual gift of teaching yan eh. It is clear, therefore, that sacred tradition, sacred scripture, and the teaching authority of the church in accord with God's most wise design are so linked and joined together that one cannot stand without the others and that all together and each in its own way under the action of the one Holy Spirit contribute effectively to the salvation of souls. Do they have sense? Kasi what is sacred and sacred kung walang, tamang, walang teaching authority? How do you know na tama interpretation? Diba? Sabihin, paano malalaman na tama interpretation mo ng sinasabi mo sa Bible? Ano sasagot mo? Ano sasagot nyo? O, tinan mo yung mga fourth watch, sinugo kami ng Diyos. Hmm. Ano authority mo? Sugo. Ikaw sugo ka ba ng Diyos? <laughs> Ginanon ba naman ako? Ang, ah, ikaw ba, ano otoridad mo? Ginagamit nito ng fourth watch ha? Anong otoridad mo para magturo? Ikaw, nakiklaim ka na pastor ka. Ako, sinugo ako ng Diyos, kaya may authority ako. So, meron sila succession, pero di direct sa Diyos daw. <laughs> Hindi apostolic. <laughs> Sabi ko, ikaw, patunayan mo sa akin na sugo ka ng Diyos. Ang sinabi sa akin. Sige, handa ka na ba? Sugo. Sabi ko sa kanya, handa na ako. Okay. Punta tayo sa aklat ng Roma, taga-Roma. Pwede mo ba ipaliwanag sa akin ang hanay na pag-iisip ni Pablo from chapter 1 to chapter 
And then from chapter 9 to chapter 11, and then from chapter 12 to chapter 16, pwede mong ikwento sa akin yung argumento ni Pablo. At yung hanay ng kanyang argumento from 1 to 8, 9 to 11, and 12 to 16. Kung talagang sugo ka ng Diyos, I'm sure alam mo lahat yan. Tapos ikaw lang ang tamang taga-interpret ng Bible, di ba? Wala akong karapatan. Eh, sabi mo, hindi ako sugo eh. Ikaw lang sugo. So, can you interpret, tell me, anong takbo ng argumento ni Pablo from 1 to 8, 6, 9 to 11, tsaka 12 to 16? Ah, basta tungkol sa Diyos lahat yan. Sabi ko, hindi nakakakausapin. Nakiklaim pa sugo ng Diyos yung mga paliwanag sa akin ng Biblia. Ano ka naging sugo ng Diyos? Tindihan natin ito? That's the Catholic Church claiming that they have the authority to teach. Okay, but what are they teaching? Outside of Scripture, tradition. And this is very unreliable. Okay? So here we are. The tradition which comes from the apostles, these are official teachings of Vatican II. Develop in the church. I mean, nag-grow siya, nadadagdagan. Ayan. Saan nagagaling yung dagdag? Develop in the church with the help of the Holy Spirit. So claim the Holy Spirit. How sure are you? The Holy Spirit said, because of this apostolic succession where the gift of the Spirit is transferred from generation to generation. Kayo. Okay? For there is growth in the understanding of the realities and the words which have been handed down. This happens through the contemplation and study made by believers who treasures things in their hearts through a penetrating understanding of spiritual realities which they experience. Ito yung palang, you know? based sa experience, mystical experience ng interpretation ng Bible. Dedikado yun. Dedikado yan, okay? And through the pre preaching of those who have received, ito na, the preaching of those who have received episcopal succession for the sure gift of truth. Kasi because of ordination. Okay? For a century succeed one another, the church constantly moves forward towards the fullness of divine truth until the words of God reach their complete fulfillment in her. So every generation, there's a new interpretation to meet the needs of that generation. And only those who have the Episcopal succession or the succession of bishops from the apostles who have the sure gift of truth because of the transfer of the grace of the teaching ability, the gift of teaching like Paul to Timothy, sila lang ang magbibigay sa iyo ng tamang katuruan at pag-interpret ng ating mga katuruan. Hindi ba sa sino-sino? Okay? The words of the Holy Fathers witness of the presence of this living tradition whose wealth is poured into the practice and life of the believing and praying church. Through the same tradition, the church's full canon of sacred books is known and the sacred writings themselves are most profoundly understood and unceasingly made active in her. And as God who spoke of old and interruptedly converses with the bride of his beloved son, Jesus continues to speak to the church, specifically the hierarchy, the Pope and the cardinals, okay, not, the, not everybody, okay? And the Holy Spirit through whom the living voice of God resounds in the church and through her in the world leads us, leads unto all the truth that those who believe and makes the word of Christ dwell upon in them. Saying, this is trying to justify all the other teachings that became part of tradition. Sabihin na, teka, wala naman sa Bible yan. Ba't yung tinuturo yan? Saan nagaling yan? The Holy Spirit. Through, you know, opening the eyes of every generation. Pero specifically, yung may Episcopal succession. Yun may sure gift of truth. Yan. Galing ng defense nila, ano? Kasi, that's how they protected the church from heresies. 
They really devise a system na hindi mo talaga mabuwag. All the arguments are hard to refute. Especially apostolic succession. Which the false teachers from the second century onwards did not have a direct succession from the apostles. Kaya yun yung pang anong natural sa kanila. Pang invalidate. Wala naman kayong succession eh. Kahit sino naman pwede mag-claim, sabi ng Lord, sabi ng Lord, pakita sa akin ng Holy Spirit. Kahit sino naman pwede mag-claim na yan, pero manalaman, kung totoo yung tanggap mo, kung totoo si Jesus ba yun, wala ka namang succession to ensure that you have the gift of truth, the gift of teaching, that will protect the church from false teaching. Baka ikaw yung false teacher. Nasaan lang ino mo, credentials mo, what is the proof that you have the authority to teach? That's how they were able to reject the false teachers. Because of this system. It's a locked system. And only within the church. Nobody is authorized outside the church. So noble, noble ang intention. Kaso lang nasobrahan lang ng explanation. Saka buo ng doktrina. Okay, anyway. So ito na, problems. Narito na kayo sa problems. Ay, salamat. Ha, ha, ha. Apostolic succession is only valid if it faithfully preserves continuity of true apostolic teachings based on their consistency with the teachings of the New Testament. Okay. Ito ang counter-argument ng Catholic Church dyan. You are limiting revelation with only the sacred scriptures. So you are saying... The test of true apostolic succession is based on the teaching itself, not the position. Because you may have the position, but you can't have a false teaching. So, because from the first, first to second to third century, our focus is continuity of teaching, not continuity of authority. Okay, so it's only valid. We say, okay, we accept apostolic succession as a valid way of preserving the purity of the gospel, but it is only valid if it preserves the con continuity of the true apostolic teaching as represented in the sacred scriptures. Anything that contradicts the sacred scriptures cannot be the truth. And therefore, no matter what position you have, apostolically or what, because your teaching contradicts the New Testament, that cannot be the truth. So they say, you're limiting yourself to a small portion of divine revelation by only talking about the sacred scriptures as the final arbiter of truth. The larger teachings of Christ are not there. In the oral tradition, they are. And so we go to the point, because we consider oral tradition as unreliable source of revelation for these reasons. We discussed that last week. So last week already invalidated na reliable ba ang oral, teach, oral tradition? Kailangan na dami ang problema eh. Even in the history of the church shows, ang dami ang problema sa oral tradition. Uh, theologians contradict each other on a particular dogma of the church. Mismo doon, walang consistency. Para lang ang monolithic on the outside, pero inside, the church is never consistent. Inside. Especially among the orders. Ang mga Franciscan again sa mga Dominicans pagdating sa Immaculate Conception. Pero sa sinabi ng Pope, ito na ang dogma! Tahimik ang mga Dominicans. Bow. Okay? So sa kanila, ang kanilang unity is just political. Not genuine. Kasi others, dissenting voices are silenced. When the Pope already makes the final declaration, tahimik na lahat. Even though they don't agree. They know it's not the truth. But they have to be silent. Or else they will be excommunicated. Okay? 
So, it's not really a true unity. Okay? So, naintindihan nyo ito? Okay, apos succession. But in the end, it's not the authority itself, but the content of the teaching. Because it is the teaching that determines the purity of the gospel, not, not the authority itself. Not the position. Because if what you're teaching contradicts the sacred scriptures, which is the sure record of revelation, inspired by God, then, kahit ano pa apostolic succession mo, it cannot be acceptable as coming from God kasi your teaching is contradicting the sure word written down by the apostles themselves. Now you got this? Okay, second. The succession of the office or the pastor bishop is not in itself a guarantee of that continuity of apostolic teaching. Why? Because we have seen in the past, great even one pope contradicts another. One pope says, John Anark is a heretic, burned by fire. And then another pope says, he's a saint, she's a saint. Sino mas dalawang successor ni Peter na yung tama? Was John of Arc a saint or a heretic? A witch? You understand that? Even in those who claim to be successors of the apostles, there are times they contradict in theology. How do you explain that? There was a time that there were three popes. <laughs> sabay sabay. And they were claiming he's the rightful successor of Peter. Ako rin! Ako rin! Ayun, nag-away-away tatlong pope. Na-split ang church sa tatlong pope. Pareho mga successor daw sa ni Peter. Hindi pwedeng tatlong successor ni Peter nag-away. Paano masasabi na deposition guarantees the truth? E sila mismo, hindi makasundo. Mga direct supposed successors ni Pedro pa yun. See, if they know the history of the church, they can deceive you. If you know the history of the church, nirapan sila sa'yo. Because you know the history. And that history contradicts a lot of their claims. Okay? So here, it's not the, but the continuity and ang tama tayo sa second and third century, yun ang gina-emphasize, the continuity of teaching. Na consistent yun with apostolic so it's not the position itself, but the, the it's not the, it's a guarantee, but the guarantee is the continuity of teaching, it's consistency with the written tradition. Kasi ito, unchanging ito eh. Okay? Like oral tradition, which is changeable. Okay. Well, ito na, third point, argument, this is counter-argument, refutation. Well, apostolic succession as a ground for faithful transmission of the authentic apostolic teaching was necessary, of course, we agree, right? to preserve the purity of the gospel against heresies in the beginning in the second century. When the succession was still very close to the times of the apostles, okay yun. Because the apostolic churches were still present. Okay. So, how do I know that this person who claims to be the successor of so-and-so apostle is really teaching us the truth? Is it really just the position, the ordination that he had, that guarantees that what is teaching is the truth? Okay yang argument that during time, the witnesses of the teachings of the apostles were still alive. The apostolic church, the church started by the apostles themselves, including Paul. During that time, when they heard this person preaching, one maybe was ordained by somebody, hear him preaching, because they know also the teaching of the apostle Paul, because Paul started their church. They can verify kung totoo nga yan kay Pablo o hindi kasi sila ang witnesses. 
Ipapano doon sa second and third and fourth na wala ng witness of those who actually heard the apostle. Paano malalaman na tutupay niyan? Ah! The position itself is the guarantee. Oh, really? Ipapano ko yung teaching ay lumihis na ayon sa written record, yung New Testament documents. Paano yun? So is it the position itself that guarantees the truth? Or the consistency of the teaching with the teaching of the New Testament as handed out to us in written form, therefore unchangeable. You got that? Okay? So, it was only valid because the apostolic churches were still present. They can testify if those so-called successors are teaching the truth or not because they heard Paul teach themselves. Its reliability becomes more questionable in the next centuries, especially when tradition evolved teachings that clearly contradict or is inconsistent with the plain teachings of the New Testament canon established in the 4th century, including the teaching about Mary, the mother of God, and all those things. Dito, dagdag na yun eh. Wala, man, kinakontradict ang teaching ng Bible. Only Christ is sinless. Eh, paano si Maria naging sinless? And that's tradition, handed down from, you know, apostolic succession. Pero tinuturo na, contradicts the teaching of Christ in the New Testament. So what is the real guarantee of truth? Is it the position by ordination? Or the teaching itself? Hmm. Oh, you got that? Okay? So, if they contradict and because he said with the plain teaching of the New Testament, then that cannot be truth. Even though maklay pa siya, kaya successor siya ninyo. No longer is important because the teaching itself violates and contradicts the plain teachings of the apostles written down in the New Testament. This is more reliable because it's written. Or a tradition is changing. Okay? Okay, example. This is where we close. Ito, classic example about Mary. Was Mary the mother of Jesus, a sinner like us, or was she sinless? Remember we discussed this last time? Okay, summarize ko na lang. No? Discussan natin ito eh. Tradition says Mary was conceived without sin. Okay? Scriptures contradict that because Mary claims that he is God as his, her Savior. The Spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, and the Magnificat. So alam niya, kailangan niya masid. Alam niya, makasalanan siya. Pero sabi hindi, hindi siya makasalanan. She was conceived without sin. Okay. Marunong ba sa laki Maria? Okay. <laughs> Ayan, ang dami. Si Jesus lang na nakasala, all have fallen short. That means including Mary. Saka dito, scriptures show that only Christ did not sin. Eh kung si Mary did not sin, dapat sinamin ni Pablo yun. Kulang yung revelation ni Pablo. Kulang. Na-miss out niya yung another important revelation that Mary, the mother of Jesus, also sinness. Oh, what a big, big uh, blunder of Paul. Okay? Problematic arguments, Jesus told you, sinabis ni ba? Full of grace? Hindi dapat yung nanay ni Maria, sinless din. At yung nanay na nanay ni Maria, sinless din. Dapat si Eve, sinless. <laughs> Kung claim, kailangan siya pre preserve daw siya kasi magiging anak niya is sinless. So how can sinless son come from a sinful man, a woman, mother? The human nature of Christ was derived from the human nature of Mary. If the human nature of Jesus is sinless, how can sinless human nature come from sinful human nature? So therefore, the human nature of Mary must be preserved from sin. Hindi na naintindihan yung next logical argument. Oh, kasi Mary was conceived without sin, 
eh, nakonsip siya sa tiyan ng nanay niya, di ba? Di ba yung nature niya sinless? Paano siya, mag, paano siya mag, magkakaroon ng sinless yung nature? Kung pinanganak siya ng nanay niya na sinful nature. O di, balik tayo kay Eva at saka kay Adan. <laughs> I don't know how they missed that. No? I don't know how they missed that. Okay, anyway. Of course, opposing Claudius, Saint, you know, Saint Thomas Aquinas, he not agree. Although, nakompromise siya sa paglabas. Okay. Uh, Augustine, they never agreed. I quoted to you, I think I have quotation here from Augustine. Ito. Ito, papayos to, ah. Ito yung, by the way, ito yung dogmatization ng Immaculate Conception by Popeyes the Ninth. Pronounce and define the Blessed Virgin Mary in the first instant of her conception by singular privilege and grace granted by God. Opinion nila yon. In view of the merits of Jesus Christ, the same numerous was preserved except from all stain of original sin. That's Mary, not Jesus. Okay? Yan ang dogma of the Immaculate Conception. Thomas Aquinas, for Christ did not contract original sin in any what, whatever. Okay? But, yun nga, na-compromise sa Thomas Aquinas, eh, no? But, the Blessed Virgin did indeed contract original sin, yes, but was cleansed therefrom after her birth from the womb. <laughs> Pero hindi natag, she didn't agree, he didn't agree with the idea of the Immaculate Conception. I cannot agree. This is the greatest theological doctor of the modern Catholic Church. Okay, here's another one, Augustine. Ay, sabi niya, Augustine mo sasabi, Hindi pwedeng immaculate si Mary. Si Jesus, immaculate ang kanyang conception ng birth. Pero sabi niyo, whoever said indeed is free from it, is free also from the conception of birth of this kind. Okay? Whatever, when expounded God's according to Luke, he said, it was no cohabitation with the husband which opened the secrets of the virgin soul. Rather, it was the Holy Ghost which infused immaculate seed into her unvite. See, the mother is not immaculate, but the Spirit of God infused immaculate seed, which is Jesus, in her womb. Okay? Etc. He experienced, uh, uh, for the Lord Jesus alone of those who are born of woman is holy, and that means Mary is not holy. Okay? Inasmuch as he experienced not the contact of the earthly corruption by reason of the novelty of his immaculate birth, not Mary but Jesus, nay, he repelled it by his divine heavenly majesty. Okay? Ayan pa, oh. No man born of a man or a woman. That is, by means of their life, is said to be free from sin, and that includes Mary. No one. Okay? Nothing is impossible with God. So, pwede ba isang sinless human nature magaling sa simunyo? Yes, because nothing is impossible with God. Okay. Okay. Oh, sige. Ayan. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. That means, alam niya, makasalanan siya. Okay? Hindi nga pinansin na Jesus. Eh, dear mo, why do you involve me? Okay? So, ito. The Jesus never recognized that Mary has real authority over her. Ayan. Jesus never gave special attention to Mary, even in her teachings. Okay. Ayan, di ba? Alam niya Pinuri si Mary, sabi no, brother, bless are those who do the will of God. <laughs> Iniwasan niya, purihin nila si Maria. At ngayon, ginapuri si Mary, okay lang. Si Jesus, ayaw niya eh. Ayaw niya, pinapuri si Mary. Ayan. Hmm. Woman lagi, hindi mother. Ayan. Okay? So, ito yung New Testament. The apostles did not show her any special honor. That's the point. 
Nothing in the New Testament, nothing in the history of the church in the first century ever gave Mary any special position among the apostles. That's fact. Okay? Peter, Paul, John, and Jesus do not mention their name even once in the epistles where they wrote the two churches. John took care of her until she died, but he does not mention her in any of his three epistles or in the book of Revelation. No mention of Mary. Is Mary that special? But apostles. Okay? When the church was instituted at Pentecost, there was only one name given among members. We must receive that is the name of Jesus. Wherever the eyes of the church are directed to the abundance of grace, there is no mention of Mary. Surely this silence is a rebuke to those who would build a system of salvation around her. God has given us all the record we need concerning Mary, and that record does not indicate that worship or veneration in any form was given to her. Okay? This is Sarah James, Director of Center for Marine Studies, University of Williston, Peter. Ancient people needed a feminine figure in their worship. They were used to having goddesses. That's why pumasok yung Marian cult. Because influence of pagan religions. Na very strong ang mother goddess. Yan ka na. Galing ka sa religion, nag-worship ka ng mother ka. Pag nasa Christianity, walang mother. Anong klaseng religion to? So later on, the influence came. Gradually, na-develop ang Mary as the mother of God. Kasi lahat ng mga gods sa pagan idolatries, may mother. Lahat ng gods may mother. Ito, mother of God. Perfect. We're now at home with the Christian faith kasi kamukha na ng aming pinanggalingan. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Prayers addressed to Mary as mother of God can be traced as early as the 4th and 5th centuries only. That means it was absent from the apostolic time up to the 3rd century. It was only started in the 4th century. Okay? 5th century, the Council of Ephesus declared Mary as Theotokos. Okay? Not just Christotokos. Nestorianism was a heresy that taught that uh, Jesus was not really God when she was conceived by Mary. She became God when he went through the baptism where the father said, this is doon lang siya naging son of God. But in the womb of Mary, he's just an ordinary human being. You understand that? He was not God. So the council of Ephesus, upon discussing this heresy, decided, so to, to, to be clear to all believers, we declare Mary as the bearer of God. Theotokos, the bearer of God. And problem is that, when this was translated, that is Greek. Ephesus, are Greek, Ephesians are Greek people. They're gentle Christians. Okay? Because it was a council of Ephesus, everything was documented in the Greek language because that's their language. And so the title given to Jesus was to defend the deity of Christ from the womb of Mary. Mary was declared Theotokos or bearer of God himself. Okay? Ang problem, when Theotokos was translated into the official language of the Roman Church, which was Latin, and translation, Theotokos is translated as Mater Dei, or Mother of God. Well, at first look, parang, wala well, difference. Bearer of God, Mother of God, is the same. Diba? Right? So, the translation from Theotokos to Mater Dei was not really very significant because it means the same thing. The problem is that 
When it translated to matter, kasi iba yung matter, iba yung teotokos lang, taga-keri. Ang emphasis, nandun sa kinikeri. Pagdating sa matter day, ang focus na punta sa matter, doon sa mother. Okay? So kung dati, they will say, Mary, the mother of God! That means God yun! Yun ang emphasis. Pero problema, dahil naging matter day, in time, Mary is mother of God. <laughs> Nabago na yung focus kasi pumasok na influence ng pagan idolatry of mother goddesses into the Christian faith. It was during the Roman Empire when it took place. Okay? So ngayon, yung Mater Dei, which is the Latin translation of Theotokos in Greek, became now the subject of focus and that God has a mother like our gods in our pig region. May mother sila. Diba? So we need to pray to the mother to ensure that their children give us our requests. That's where the change takes place. Remember, this was beginning in the what? Fifth? Fourth and fifth centuries. And remember, that's fifth century, Council of Ephesus. That's fifth century, 41 AD. That's where the cult of Mary suddenly developed, went into full bloom. Okay? Because it was now coming from the language of the Council. Okay? In 11th century, Bernard of Clairvaux, St. Bernard, we call the St. Bernard in the Catholic Church, called Mary as intercessor of the saints. Because si Jesus, kulang, kailangan ng nanay to intercede para siguradong marinig ang prayer nyo. Kaya hanggang ngayon, Catholics we pray, this we pray in the name of Jesus and through the intercession of our Holy Mother Mary. Laging buto through the intercession of our Mary, our Mother. Kasi kung si Jesus lang, baka hindi ka sagutin. Pero kung si nanay, sigurado yun. Sagutin mo yung anak. <laughs> Kaya the favorite slogan of Marian student in the Catholic Church, kasi I was a Marian many years, is uh, ad, jes, ad Jesum per Mariam in Latin. To Jesus through Mary. Hindi ka pwedeng dumaretso ka Jesus with a passing through Mary. Kasi para sigurado matanggap ka ni Jesus, dan ka sa nanay. Ayan. Okay. Yan, si Bernard, ang ano, ano, nagpasimono niyan. <laughs> That was 11th century already. Okay? <laughs> 19th century. And I dogmatically, Malacan session, we already refuted that. Okay? And then in 1858, Marian visions of sa, ano, sa Lourdes, France. Okay? Uh, Bernadette Subiros. In 18 separate times, the woman identified herself as the Immaculate Conception. Here we are, an evidence for the church that Church, that Mary was conceived without sin. Ngayon, ang aparisyon ni Mary, I am the Immaculate Conception, that means tama ang church. Kaya ang church, in-endorse nila yung Lourdes apparitions. Kasi it agreed with them. Sino mang spirito yun, seems to agree with the Catholic Church. Mary was conceived without sin. So do you think that Mary that appeared in Lourdes is the real Mary? There's never been appearance of any saint that has passed away in the history of man. All the Christians that have died years ago, there's no evidence of anyone appearing in our time. What makes Mary special? You understand that? Okay? Because when you die, you go immediately to be with the Lord. Okay? And there is no going back to earth until the resurrection. You understand this? Okay? So, 
Certainly, it's interesting that the church accepted Lourdes and Fatima operations, but after that, wala na sila tinatanggap na. Karabandal na yan. Agoo, lalo na demonyo yan. Sabi ni Bishop Bacani, baka si demonyo nga yan. Hindi na tinatanggap kasi it is a source of revelation outside the church. Delikado yun. Remember that church controls and monopolizes revelation and salvation. Any other source of revelation is suspicious to the church. Kaya na tinanggap ang Lourdes kasi may na-confirm ng isang dogma, papal dogma, na ayaw tanggapin ng mga Dominicans and other theologians of the church when that was being debated in Rome. Nanalo lang yung Malacan reception because the Pope at the time was Franciscan. And the Franciscans were the proponents and defenders of the Immaculate Conception doctrine. And the Franciscan yung Pope, tahimik ang mga Dominicans. And nipinuroclaim niya yung dogma. Dominicans never agreed with the Immaculate Conception. St. Bernard of Clairvaux, uh, although siya na-claim na Mary was intercessor, he never agreed with the Immaculate Conception. Pope Gregory the Great did not agree that of the Immaculate Conception. Uh, that I can remember every name of the saints and the fathers who did not agree with the Immaculate Conception. Saint Benaventure, Anselm, did not agree with the Immaculate Conception. These were brilliant minds in the church, theologians. Okay, do you understand this? So, ngayon, Patima, ayan, Patima na. Oh, during that time, Assumption of Mary was promulgated by the Pope. Okay, the idea of the body of Assumption of Mary is first expressed in certain transitus narratives in the 5th and 6th century Union claim. Okay? The Catholic writer said there is clearly no historical evidence whatever for the Assumption of Mary's body. Catholic, yeah, no? That's a Catholic writer. I don't agree. There's no evidence that Mary, after three days, her body was assumed to heaven like Jesus. That's the assumption of Mary. Okay? Ayan yung assumption of Mary. Dogma na. 1950. Naging dogma. Bakit? Kasi, ito argument. Jesus was sinless, therefore his body cannot undergo decay. Mary is conceived without sin. So, hindi dapat ang body niya mag-undergo decay. After three days, her body should be brought by heaven like Jesus. So, where is the assumption of Mary based? On the dogma of the Immaculate Conception. Problem, the Immaculate Conception is not even true. Because Mary claims she needs God as her Savior. And Paul writes, only one did not sin, and that's Jesus. All of sin except Jesus. Okay? Anyway. Married Vincent Garabandal, never recognized by the Catholic Church. 1980s, appearances in Medjugorje, Bosnia, and Quebeho, Rwanda, never recognized. The Vatican has been reluctant to legitimize the claims of visions of Mary. Michel Ebicaro, author of The Cult of Virgin Mary, the Church cannot have hallucinating individuals defining Church doctrine. No other source of revelation except the Church. Okay? It also tends not to endorse them because it does not want the whole thing trivialized. Okay? Ito yung masakit. Lahat ng title ni Jesus, nilipat kay Maria. Jesus is called the mediator. Ayan, mediator pinigwadian man. Sabi nila, Mary is comediatrix. Okay? Jesus is advocate. Oh, Mary is an advocate. 
How many prayed the rosary before? Do you still memorize the last prayer? Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, Hail Life, a sweet and soap. To thee we cry, provision and weep. To thee we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn down, most gracious advocate. Then eyes of mercy towards us. And after this, our exalts, unto us the blessed for the name of Jesus, O climate, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. Pray for us, the sinners, at the hour of our death. Amen. Araw-araw ko ginapray yan, ano? Hindi ko ma-memorize. Advocate? Eh, Jesus ang advocate? Ayan, no? Oo. Hindi ba? Hmm. Intercedes for us. Okay? Next. Christ is our intercessor. Si Mero ang intercessor. Ay kay Bernie Clairvaux. Okay? Jesus our hope. Jesus who is our hope. Mary is our hope. To deal with her, for us to do Christian morning and weeping, turn down, visit the rest of the rest of the rest of the Jesus is our life. So, hello, Holy Queen. Mary is our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee we cry for banished children of Eve. Our hope and our life is Mary. The Bible says it's Jesus. Si Mary lang malapit sa sinners. Si Jesus tawag ng friend of sinners. Si Mary lang. So, malaki na sa gosto si Mary nakahilubilo sa mga sinners to talk to them about Jesus. Friend of tax collectors and sinners. Amen. Sinners kayo? Kaibigan kayo ni Jesus? Amen. Okay? So, do you still want to go to the go back to the Catholic Church? But I think earlier this morning I almost convinced you, right? Do not underestimate the intelligence of the Catholic Church. But intelligence is not the assurance of infallibility. In the end, it's not the position, the apostolic succession, the, but the teaching. In the end, that determines truth. Do they agree with the scriptures? If not, kahit sino pang apostolic successor yan, cannot be the truth. Okay? So do you know how to interact with Catholics pagdating sa magisteryong apostolic succession and the primacy of Peter? Amen? Buti na lang, wala tayong exam, ha? Okay? So you just finished a crash course on Roman Catholicism and the Bible. <laughs> so let's end with this. One last point. How do you share the gospel effectively with Catholics? The next month na lang. <laughs> okay, that will be our last part. How to share the gospel to intelligent Catholics effectively. Okay, so this is provides you with the knowledge. Just in case they would like to interact with you, you know how to defend. But I will teach you the most effective way to win Catholics to Christ without offending them. Okay, that will be next. That will be our last uh, last uh, part in the series. Ah, from the scriptures.
from the scripture. I'll, I'll focus that next month. The basis of truth is the scriptures. But how do you know you're interpreting it correctly? That's why mahalaga ang ordination. Kasi hindi ka ma-ordain kung hindi ka nakapag-aral and you know how to interpret the scripture. You understand? Kaya mahalaga pa rin ang ordination. So the ordination is not meaning a successor ka ng apostle. It means that the body have recognized that you have a clear understanding of the truth. You can defend the truth of the gospel, and you have the correct. You know how to correctly interpret the scripture. Huh? Hindi. Pagdating sa major teachings, magandang point yon. Major teachings don't even based on ordination interview. Minor your freedom. In the Catholic Church, walang ganong freedom. To mahimik ko pag sinabi niya ng pope. Okay. Praise God, we have that freedom, they don't. Biblical yon, biblical yan, biblical yan, you have to test them carefully. Before you send them out to preach the gospel, be sure they have a full understanding of the truth and they have passed the test. Paul is very, very meticulous about that. Okay? Amen. Let's thank the Lord together in prayer. Pastor.